listening to the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. In this episode, Richie Vandenberg joins us. He's the co-founder of the Hidden Sea Wine, a premium wine company with a mission to remove plastic from the sea. Every bottle sold, Richie and co-founder Justin Moran have pledged to remove 10 plastic bottles from the world's ocean through working with the Reseed Project. Since launch in July 2020, the brand has worked with the Reseed Project to successfully remove almost 10 million plastic bottles from our waterways and oceans, a remarkable achievement in the space of 18 months. The wine range spans from Rosé, GSM, Sav Blanc, Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio, Shiraz and others. This episode, we dive into the brand, the story and also their give back program. Hi, Richie. Thanks for joining us here today. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Alison. And pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. You having a good start to the year? Oh, we are. We're having a much better start to this year than we did end to last year. We'll probably touch on that a little bit later, but uh, no, we're off to a flyer. That's good. That is excellent. All right. So I would love you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah. So um, the purpose for me being here is that I am now the CEO of a wine business called The Hidden Sea Wines, and we are a purpose-driven wine brand where For every uh, bottle of wine we sell, we pull 10 plastic bottles out of the ocean. Um, And, of course, a lot of people like to understand how we got there. Uh, I grew up in the wine industry in a little town north of Mildura called Kumiala, where the Murray and the Darling Rivers meet. So I grew up on vineyards. Uh, And I then spent time down uh, in Melbourne at university where I ended up playing football for a considerable amount of time in in the AFL. Uh, Through that time... Your role in football, just just tell everyone. (laughs) Yeah, no, fair call. So uh, I was a player from 1998 until 2007 uh, and then retired at the end of 2007, of course, at that time you're 31 years of age and that's the end of a career. Mm. So it was uh, it was time to find a new one and yes. the decision was either to stay in football or to get out and, and chase another passion and I had a passion for wine. So here we are. Wow. Wow. Just, just to rewind because I feel like you're still underplaying your football career. You played for Hawthorne, correct? Correct. Yes. And you were the captain, correct? Yeah, from uh, for the last three years of, of my career, I was the captain of the team. Wow. What was that like? I'm sure, like, the training regime and everything would, was full on. Yeah, well, AFL football is an elite sport, yeah. uh, so all players are full-time. You, Of course, football clubs these days uh, are very strong in encouraging people to start to develop themselves for life after football, and I, I was fortunate through those sorts of programs to start my wine journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a full-time elite environment where you learn a lot about teamwork, you learn a lot about people management, you learn a hell of a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's where I really became a, a mission or a purpose-driven person, to be quite, yeah. to be quite honest, yeah. Well, you, you would be taught and trained to push yourself to the limit. And 
I guess when when you finish that part of your career, you'd be thinking, well, you know, what else can I do where I'm, you know, pushing against my my zones of comfort and, you know, like sort of doing something different but still having that feeling of, um, you know, being out of your comfort zone and, and, and forging ahead. Yeah, correct. I think when you look at elite sport and the similarities with with business, yeah. uh, in 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 elite sport or pretty much in any sport, or certainly football, uh, it, it is a team environment, and it's a and it's an environment with a lot of passion. There's a lot of passion both within the team, but also with supporters. So you learn to operate in a very passionate and emotional environment. And yeah. I think for me, coming out and into the business world applying some of the skills around people management, teamwork, et cetera, but then also being fortunate enough to get into another industry which revolves around passion, being wine, um, which has now evolved once again into an, an even higher purpose. It, it, it all became a very seamless progression, albeit with an enormous amount of highs and lows in football, and we're experiencing exactly the same thing in business. You have yeah, an enormous good. amount of highs and lows. Yes. So when, when you started on your journey for the Hidden Sea, did you do mm-hmm. that while you were playing football? You just didn't have the capacity to do that and you started that when you finished your football career? No, I didn't have the capacity to do it while I was playing. What I did do was develop some vineyards, um, and so I was very hands-off in that role. So they were up in, um, up in the Sunraysia region. Uh, I retired, as I said, in 07, didn't start the Hidden Sea until 2013, Justin Moran and I. And I think that the period between when I retired and when we started the business was the period when we really came to realise, and he was in a similar position to me where both of us had been right at the top of our game but hadn't achieved the ultimate success, which I call the the higher purpose in, in winning the grand final. And Hawthorne went on to win it in 2008. So when we came together in 2013 to start the Hidden Sea, um, what was important to us was not only to follow a passion around wine, but also we wanted to um, create a brand with a higher purpose. And I, I link our higher purpose, which links back to just you know personal association with 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 the ocean, but then also where our wine, where our vineyards and wineries located. Um, it was really important to us to have that higher purpose, which we feel galvanises people. In football, it galvanises everybody. As individuals, you're just trying to get a game and then as a team, you're trying to win the grand final and you're bringing along a team of or, a, or a, all of the members within the football club are coming on the journey with you. And how could we create that same environment in the wine industry? It had to be more than just about the wine for us. And that's why we're so excited about what we're doing with the Hidden Sea because not only are we creating great wines that we love to share, um, we're also contribute, making a tangible difference to another area of, uh, of the environment that we're very passionate about and that being the ocean. Yeah. Well, and hence the business name as well. That's right, the yeah. Hidden Sea Wines. Um, so, yeah, we've... Um, the story, I should just touch on the story. So the story, yeah, yeah. The, the, the story of the Hidden Sea is uh, where the vineyards are located down in the Coonawarra wine region all through the limestone coast uh, was once covered by the Great Southern Ocean. So you now have uh, red loam uh, over limestone, which is the famous terra, terra rossa soils that was once under the under the Great Southern Ocean. So it's a play on words, which is the Hidden Sea. 
where the story gets really interesting is in one of the regions called Ratten Bully, still to this day there are full-sized fossilised whale bones which are now 100 kilometres from the current coastline and 26 million years old underneath vineyards in that region. So there's quite a historic story behind the hidden sea and that's the story that we're bringing to life it and all, ties it us back to the ocean. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic story. Uh, it, it really is a great story. Uh, and s- since we started, Justin and I have been trying to find ways to contribute to um, both understanding and then uh, contributing to improving the health of the ocean. And uh, it wasn't until we came across the Resea project uh, where we were able to make a tangible difference and um, the rest is is really history, although it's a very early uh, a very early start for us. We've really only been going for a bit over 18 months on this new journey. Well, I was reading that just in 18 months you've almost removed 10 million plastic bottles from the waterways and ocean. I mean, that is incredible, isn't it? Yes, and it can't be done uh, without the support of our consumers, of course. Yeah. Uh, and the change, uh, the change for us, Alison, really came about when we simplified our consumer promise and made it very easy for the consumers to understand, which is for every bottle of wine we sell, we remove 10 plastic bottles from the ocean um, and or equivalent by weight of plastic because it's difficult to just pull out bottles, so you're pulling out all kinds of different plastics, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and people could really start to connect to that. People understand that plastic just should not be in the ocean <laughs> uh, and that this was a tangible um, difference that that we could make. Now, of course, one bottle of wine or 10 plastic bottles isn't going to solve the gravity of the problem that we're all dealing with. Um, however, it certainly makes uh, a contribution, uh, a tangible contribution, but then also helps to educate a broader audience. That That is just incredible. Do you have a target or a goal in mind in terms of cleaning up the waterways? Yes, we do. Uh, it's a very bold goal and <laughs> it's to remove 1 billion plastic bottles by 2030. Wow. Uh, and and while we've been able to remove, it's now over 10, about 10.5 million in the first 18 months, um, we certainly need some of um, our other markets like the US, which we're pushing into, uh, the UK, which is a very good market for us. We need them to start to grow and, of course, um, really increase our distribution here in Australia. Oh. The Reseed Project, is that an Australian project? No, it's actually, uh, it was actually founded by a Danish company. Right. Um, and it's really a community-driven organisation where they are using fishermen in Southeast Asia who ordinarily would be fishing. However, many of the waterways these days are too polluted to fish in and so they have to travel further to fish. So... Uh, when they are not fishing, they are able to use all of their equipment to collect plastic for the Resea project. And that is how, um, and so we have a relationship with Resea, who then um, employs these people to remove the plastic out of the ocean. Um, it's all verified by blockchain technology and certified through an organisation called DNVGL, uh, and who is a, um, a global certification uh, business. And if you were to scan the QR code on the bottle, um, you can actually see where those collections are occurring. Oh, fabulous. Okay, so talking about the bottles, I love I love your branding 
on the bottles. It's very unique. Tell the listeners about that because they can't see it at the moment while they're listening to the podcast. Yeah, so it is very unique. Uh, we engaged a, a an artist by the name of John Contino, who is a hand illustrator based out of New York, would you believe, um, that came via our, um, our uh, graphic design agency. But he had a very unique style, which we loved, and so he is the brains behind the design, and it is supposed to uh, divide people. So you either love it or you hate it. Um, and but what it what it is also supposed to do is be very very recognisable. And we think that the brand is is starting to become recognisable, and those people that love it really love it. And then the more traditional uh, wine people, um, of which uh, you know typically are struggling to understand where we're trying to go with that design. Well, I think, um, you know, the minute that you hear the story, it all comes together and it makes sense. You know, there's a purpose. So for the, for the listeners, it's, a, it's an illustration of it's a whale, isn't it? Yeah, so it's an illustration of a whale effectively in, in the ocean um, with, a, with a unique script being the, being the logo. Yeah, and it's uh, the other thing is it's uh, it's screen printed on the bottle using um, organic inks. Attention to detail, and the colours of the bottles are great. Like you've got a black, you've got the typical green, and then like the pink being the rosé. I, I like the black bottle. Yeah, I think um, I think the the beauty of what we're trying to do is we, we believe that everything matters. So everything from the packaging design and every little uh, detail, like using organic inks, for example, all the way through to the quality of the wine, to the messaging, to the purpose, it, it, it takes a long time. We feel like it's taken us the full eight years to get to where we've got to and we're still not where we would like to be in terms of having all the elements absolutely right. But everything matters. So when you peel back the onion skin, you can see that there's been an attention to detail um, paid to every element. Mm. So just talk us through um, the wines in the range. How, how many wines have you got? Yeah, so we have uh, what we do do is tailor the wines for each of the markets. Um, over the course of the last eight years, we do have a wholesale side of our business as well. So we've, we've learned to understand uh, we've learned to understand the wine, the different wine styles in different countries. Uh, for example, the, the, the wine style in the USA is different to the wine style here in Australia. Uh, but typically we, we have um, Shiraz and a red blend. Uh, we're doing now doing a Cabernet for Europe. Uh, we have a Pinot Noir, a GSM, which is quite exciting and a, a beautiful new addition to the range. Uh, we're doing a rosé, which goes into Sweden um, over in, um, and we, of course we have it here in Australia in the bottle, as you've seen. Uh, and so there's, in each of the each of the markets, we just tweak the blends to ensure that um, it's a style that's appropriate. Right. So which markets are you in? Yeah. So at the moment, we've we've achieved a lot of um, support over in the UK with some of the big retailers over there in, in Sainsbury's as do the Coop and Booths. Uh, and then we're also now in Scandinavian markets, Sweden and Denmark. Uh, we've picked up Thailand, Thailand, the UAE. There's a recent, there are two recent um, additions and now North America. So, and of course, Australia. So we try to have a bit of a global spread. Um, we, we did have quite a lot of business going into China, but of course, with the geopolitical tensions, 
that has gone uh, from being a significant market of ours to zero. So that was quite a a hit, which is uh, what I touched on earlier on in the podcast, that the start of this year is better than the end of last. Thank goodness, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is incredible uh, global spread for so early on in business. Yeah, and I think... um, while, while we've only got our consumer promise and um, the USP right since uh, July 2020, we've really spent eight years getting to this point. So across the course of that that time is where we were building the relationships with um, global retailers, importers, and distributors. So it's been a it's been a long journey. So uh, appreciate the brand is is really only starting to get some recognition now, but it's taken us a long time to get to this point. Yeah, yeah, that's the case for so many people. Where where are you sold from in Australia? Uh, mostly online at the yeah. moment. Would you believe um, we are? We do have a, a, a scattering of uh, on premise, so that's your restaurants, pubs, and clubs. Um, but BWS have given us a trial up on the northern beaches of New South Wales and the southern beaches of Queensland, and hopefully that goes well, and that regional trial turns into a into a national trial um we're also opening up more bws stores uh, throughout melbourne and uh, otherwise we can get wine to pretty much anyone anywhere in australia uh, within about three or four days yeah. maximum so yeah. good so good so what's your role in the company yeah so justin uh, justin my business partner and i are the co-founders uh, Justin heads up all of the uh, effectively the sales and marketing side, and so my role is really the, the CEO slash um, supply side of the business. Right, and taste tester. Uh, always tasting. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> Plenty of taste testing during COVID last year. I can oh yeah, I bet. I bet. When you were playing footy, what was your alcohol consumption like? Like, did you just not have any alcohol during the season, or how did that work? Yeah, I think certainly um, by the end of your career, when you become a little bit more mature, uh, you you, you uh, were consuming very little to uh, very little to none. But early days, we were still having a lot of fun in the late nineties, early two mm. thousands. But um, no, no, you 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 were quite restrained in in your alcohol consumption. Yeah, I can, especially if you're trying to hang on to a career. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say you're most excited about for this year? Oh, the most exciting thing is I feel like we've seeded the UK market really well. Um, we haven't had a chance to really see how we're going to go with our whites and rosés during the summer period, and they're showing some really good um, some really good signs. Also in America, we've just started to seed America, so we're really excited to see what we can do what we can do over there. That's so good. Will you go to any like trade exhibitions or anything like that in those countries? Yeah, I mean, over the journey, we have done we have done quite a bit of um, quite a bit of work in trade shows and fairs, etc. However, we've now got a very very deliberate and targeted um, set of customers that we'd really like to work with. So, with the Hidden Sea, it's it's much more laser focused, and and we sort of try and pick out who we want to work with, as opposed to the way we've always done it historically is sort of go to those fairs and and, and throw mud at the wall and see what sticks so we're probably doing less of those now I mean COVID obviously has made it difficult over the last couple of years uh, and and much more targeted yeah yeah excellent well you you know your customer um 
base. You, you know, your target audience much better now that you're established. And, yeah, that's great. All right, yeah. then. So can you, because the majority of the listeners, we've got quite a few um, international listeners, but the majority of listeners are in Australia. Can you please let them know your URL so that they can find you online? Yep, certainly can. So it's the hiddensea.com.au. Uh, and also you can follow us on Instagram where you will see um, some 200-odd um, ambassadors who uh, love what we love and they happily promote what we're all about. Um, so, and you can start to engage with those guys. But yeah, the best way to purchase the wine is through the hiddensea.com.au. Fabulous. And so, for every bottle that you buy, it removes 10 plastic bottles from the world's ocean. So, that, what an incredible, um, you know, feat. Correct. And if you purchase the equivalent of one dozen bottles of wine, which is two six packs, uh, you become effectively become ocean waste plastic neutral for the year. Yeah. So based on the statistics about how much plastic we use and how much ends up in the ocean as a percentage, um, those two kilos that we remove on your behalf would uh, make you ocean waste plastic neutral for the year. That is amazing. Richie, thank you so much for joining us here today. Good on you. Thanks a lot, Alison.